Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, just a few shows ago, we were laughing among our team about the passing of Labor Day and whether it means anything anymore if people are already buying their Halloween candy and getting their pumpkin spice fix, even if it's still got to be over ice. But you know what? The city has its eye even further out because officials are on the hunt right now for our next enormous Christmas tree. I'm with Bobby Cherry, the cheeriest local holiday enthusiast that I know. It's Monday, September 11th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. So September feels pretty early, Bobby, to start talking about Christmas. I feel like most of the focus is on Halloween, and some people even think that that is premature. Why are you thinking about Christmas and the holiday season right now? I mean, I don't think it's premature. I had a (laughs) pint of peppermint ice cream the other night while watching a Christmas movie on Hallmark, so... I am all in all the time. Um, it's it's not a season for me. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's something that I've just sort of enjoyed my entire life. Every day of the year, I think about Christmas. So even if it's ninety two degrees outside, which the past week really gave it gave you a challenge on that one. Um, well, and I guess you're not alone too, because the city is thinking about its Christmas celebration. We just found out that they're looking for their new Christmas tree. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. The The tree sits on the portico of the city county building on Grant Street, and it is a pretty iconic Christmas tree if you've ever passed it. It's enormous. It is. It's at least 40 feet tall and huge, and it's, and it's always decorated with um, these amazingly large ornaments that signify all of the city neighborhoods and a bunch of other ornaments that that children make uh, and that are decorated on the tree. But it's been up for almost 110 years now, and it is just one of the most magnificent pieces of Pittsburgh's Christmas history. Yeah, I didn't realize that it's actually one of the city's oldest Christmas traditions, apparently. The first tree went up in 1914 when the building was still a construction site. How cool is that? I was going to say it was the tree. The tree tradition is actually older than the building that it's with now. Um, a couple of years ago, I got to actually be there when they brought a tree in. Oh, and... I remember, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> actually, let's back up here and talk about your Christmas credentials. Um, in addition to being the ultimate fanboy, you also have a blog. It's christmas365.com, um, dedicated to celebrating Christmas in Pittsburgh and nearby all year round. Um, and then that 
that trip a couple years ago, you and I, I don't think I was still there. You were still working at the Trib and you went down to watch the tree installation on your off time and Facebook lived it. It was like watching hyper local Macy's parade coverage. <laughs> it was pretty epic. We kept getting updates from the public works crew uh, who was with the tree as to like where it was. I think it was on Route 28 at that point. Uh-huh. And they kept providing updates as to how close it was. And then when it arrived, like, throngs of people on a Saturday morning were on Grant Street watching this tree be lifted off of the truck bed uh, and hoisted into the air. And I've never seen that. It, it, you said Macy's Parade. I felt like I was, you know, there Rockefeller Center, like watching. <laughs> it's it's our Rockefeller Center tree. So that's really what I felt like watching this tree go up. Um, but it is. It's such a it's such a piece of Pittsburgh's history, just like the Horns Tree, which gets so much coverage, you know, down on the old Horns Building. Yeah, that's the one that's like wrapped on the corner of a building, really close to where a lot of people park. If you're like going to Point State Park, that kind of thing. Yeah, and and that, of course, is like such an iconic tree. But really, the city county building tree on Grant is is so magical at night. So one of my favorite things to do is I don't care how far out of my path I have to go. But at like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, if I'm coming home from somewhere, I will purposely drive Grant Street and slow drive past it. Because like there's lights twinkling and there's sometimes music playing. And it's, it's such an awesome scene when the nobody is around it's just it's a christmas feeling that i that i get every time i do it so good bobby's willing to drive through downtown not on purpose like he doesn't need to be there it's great like i could be like in robinson and be like i want to go see this tree so (laughs) (laughs) well so the tree itself usually goes up at the city county building in early november why do you think that public works needs three months to find this thing yeah so from what i've understood when i talked with folks um about it you know, a couple years back and, and just sort of what I know, uh, they, they look for a specific tree that's got to be at least 40 feet tall. And I know they always have trees in mind where they're hoping that someday this tree can work maybe as, as a tree grows or whatnot. Oh, so they're scouting years in advance. They, they have scouted in the past to find trees that may work in the future. And so they've got to get that the right tree and make sure it's healthy enough to last you know, to stand there for all of that time. Um, and then, of course, here's a secret that no one really, I don't think, under knows. But sometimes <laughs> they add filler to the back of the tree. What? Oh, they fake it. They they kind of fake it. They give it extensions. Um, they, they do, <laughs> you know. And I learned that the Rock Center tree in New York also has that happen. Um, but they have to, like, you know, fill it in to make it look like a tree. Not every tree looks perfect like a plastic, you know, fake tree you buy at the store. Yeah, because, I mean, this is a natural cut tree. It has to be an evergreen. I think they're open to different species. Is that right? Yeah, they're open to different types, you know, but it's got to it's got to be an evergreen, you know, and there's a lot of trees that just won't. I hate to say this, but they just, just won't cut it. Um <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, and so they, they need to find that perfect tree that can wrap the lights around, that can hang the ornaments and and maybe not have the branches sag, you know, as much um, with, with a lot of the ornaments that are on the tree. But then just watching it go up, you know, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of work to get that right and to make sure it doesn't fall. It's a 40 foot tree. Like you don't want that falling into Grant Street. I know. Just the logistics of watching them do it with the cranes and the bucket trucks is like a whole thing. Um, it's kind of like a barn raising in a weird way. Uh, what's your favorite thing about kind of it going up and like what follows shortly thereafter? 
Oh my gosh. So the gingerbread display competition moved to the city county building a couple years back. And so when you think about the Christmas tree, you walk up onto the portico, you get to look at all the lights, look at the ornaments, but then in the windows uh, right around there, they sometimes display some of the gingerbread houses that are part of that competition. And then inside in the grand lobby, of that building is, you know, where dozens and dozens of uh, gingerbread houses are displayed. And they're not just houses. They're like, you know, Pittsburgh busts in, you know, pothole. You oh, know, yeah. They're or, super creative. Yeah, um, they're super I... yinzer. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You'll see everything from like a school building to a specific bus stop to like city infrastructure all represented via gingerbread house. It's pretty fun. It is even the even the tree at the city county building has been represented um, in gingerbread, and so when you think of that whole scenario—the tree, the lights, the ornaments, the music that's playing, the gingerbread houses inside—like it really is this like romanticized Christmas feeling, you know, when you're down there. And so I think all of that collectively really just brings out a the Grinchiest Grinch would have a smile on their face, you know, down there with the tree and the, and the gingerbread houses and that whole Christmas feeling right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Pittsburgh's had an interesting history with official holiday displays. There was a Supreme Court case back in 1989 about whether Allegheny County had to remove a creche. It's like an enormous nativity scene from the steps of the county courthouse. Bobby, can you kind of walk us through what the actual display is? Because you can still see it, just not at the courthouse anymore. Yeah. So it, it's it's a very unique piece of Pittsburgh history and um, the crash on Grant Street down a little bit, just a little bit from the city county building uh, at the USX Tower, um, I believe it is the only authorized replica of the crash in Vatican City. And so it came about because of a court case where uh, a smaller crash was displayed on government public property. And there was a decision that, that was made that it had to be removed. And so it, you know, went down a couple blocks and uh, it is such an iconic piece of Pittsburgh's, you know, Christmas season. I was there one year when they kicked it off for that season. And and just the number of people who come down to see that, I mean, if you've, if you've never seen it, you know, it is, it is almost a life. Like you look at the, at the people in the display and you just wonder like, are they actors? Like what is happening up there? Because it's, <laughs> it's so real looking and I love watching kids, you know, it's, it's such a gigantic display that kids have to be on the back of their, you know, dads to like kind of see it. And so just looking at the kids eyes, like, oh my gosh, look how cool this is. Uh, you know, and you walk, you know, walk down from the Christmas tree up to the crash and it's like, you know, you've got a great Pittsburgh Christmas, you know, Saturday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that case was also about a menorah, too. And the court came to a different conclusion there. It said that the city could display the menorah alongside the Christmas tree at the city county building, that that didn't violate the constitutional ban on government endorsing religion. So now they get to sit side by side downtown. Yeah, and I actually learned some of that at the uh, Heinz History Center, because every couple of years they do the uh, Pittsburgh Christmas exhibit and so they have a whole display they had a whole display on that uh court case and scenario yeah yeah it's really interesting that pittsburgh got to be at the center of some of those questions sure was
Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. Eat gourmet snacks. People watch. We'll mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Well, so the city's Christmas tree installation is just one holiday event that folks can look forward to Um, as the ultimate Christmas fanboy. I know you have lots of great recommendations. What are some of your favorite holiday events around town? Oh, so my all time favorite is light up night. Of course, goes without saying Uh, always the Saturday before Thanksgiving Uh, used to be the Friday before Thanksgiving, but now it's the Saturday you know, all the trees get lit up. It's just a just a traditional, wonderful event. But the other one that I really, really, really love is Kennywood's uh, Holiday Lights. Yeah, I've heard about that, but I've never made it down. I oh. know you are also a huge fan of Kennywood. <laughs> I, I love Kennywood all seasons. Maybe not so much in October. Sorry, Kenny Kangaroo. <laughs> um, but the Holiday Lights, 2 million Christmas lights around the park. Um, displays and rides are open. There was one Christmas Eve a couple years ago. I rode the Jackrabbit on Christmas Eve. Like, what kind of Yinzer experience is that? <laughs> like, 10-year-old Bobby would have, like, blown his mind if he knew that was going to be something that could happen someday. So uh, Santa's there at, at Kennywood, uh, Rick Seaback and a lot of other Pittsburgh icons um, sing, uh, or no, they don't sing. They read the, the night before Christmas, towards the night before Christmas. Aw, yeah, that's cool. And it is, you know, just a magical time. It's a great way for anybody with, with younger kids who maybe they're like, oh, we don't want to go to Kennywood in the summertime. Holiday Lights is that great transition to get the kids in because the kiddie rides are open. Uh, you know, there's the potato patch fries, of course. Which feel a little cozier in the winter than they do in the summer. Those things sit heavy in the middle of July, you know? I mean, I can go, I can eat them and then go on the Phantom, so that's fine. <laughs> but You're made um, of starter stuff, I think. Exactly. So, but, you know, but but sitting there Christmas time, you know, snow's falling, you're eating potato patch fries, like, that's so crazy, you know, to do. So that's one of my, one of my favorites. Um, Phipps is another favorite of mine. Oh, it's always so beautiful. And they do a different one every year. Yeah, the uh, Holiday Magic Winter Flower Show and Light Garden. Um, but one of my secret tips for for that is to, and it's harder now because you have to um, do the ticketed arrangement. Yeah. Where you have to you know, know when you want to go ahead of time. But I, I always encourage people to try to go when there's snow on the ground because the outdoor light garden looks so amazing. Uh, yeah, it glows like a in glimmer. a different way. Yeah, yes. when it's bouncing off the white light. Absolutely love that. Um, and then another favorite of mine is the Steubenville Nutcracker Village over in Steubenville, Ohio. 
So if you've never heard of this, it's just a quick drive from the Pittsburgh airport, maybe 20 minutes, maybe half hour at most from the Pittsburgh airport. Um, there's more than 150, like five or six foot tall nutcrackers that are carved and painted to look like superheroes and local legends and just cartoon characters and steal like stealers and, and different teams and, and whatnot. It's wild. It is so crazy to yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I think one of my favorites always, and I'm blowing up my own spot here because tickets can be really tough to snag, um, are Allegheny West Victorian Home Tour. Um, it is always beautiful every year. You get to be nebby and go inside uh, folks' houses and some of that that part of the north side that has a lot of older homes, older architecture, and folks just really devoted to the Christmas spirit, literally top hat and tails for some of the guides. Uh, I was gonna say, have you have you been on that tour? I have, yeah. Oh, um, you're so lucky. I've not been able to get a <laughs> ticket. <laughs> You'll have to add it to your holiday bucket I know. list. <laughs> um, are there any other events that you recommend for folks? Um, we especially always love anything that you recommend that might be free um, to get folks in the spirit. Yeah, one of my favorite freebies um, is small town light up nights. Just go up, you know, Swickley, Mount Lebanon, Zeely and Opal, any of any of the small towns that we love. Beaver has a has a wonderful light up night, you know, parades and, you know, light up Christmas trees um, and then tag. Yeah, because a lot of our little municipalities have their own light up night. Like there's the big Christmas one for Pittsburgh, but mm -hmm. they do them all over if you don't like the crowd of downtown. Exactly. I mean, Cranberry has one, uh, Oakmont and Aspenwall and I mean, all, all sorts of towns. Greensburg has one. But then what I like to do with that is tag that along with driving through a neighborhood looking at Christmas lights. You know, there are any so favorites? many neighborhoods. Any favorites? I knew you were going to ask this question. <laughs> um, so there is um, a couple favorites of mine. Um, in Moon, there's a neighborhood they do it they actually do a light up like a judging contest where they will judge your displays um it's one of my favorites and then um there are a couple others as well um i'm gonna plug it's christmas 365 because i'll have the Please. full list on that website for this year um but there's there are a couple others that go all out um, with Christmas displays in the South Hills, in the North Hills, out in Westmoreland County. And they do them different ways. Like some of them you can just go casually stroll through. A couple of them have like the radio tie-in where you can set your dial to like an AM channel and it'll like sing to you throughout the course of it or something. Um, it's it's an interesting like collection of stuff. And I think there's one or two that still ask for donations. And it's usually like a set amount per car or something. And then there's a, there's one in Ambridge where the whole like there's several houses on this block now that have gotten involved and they ask for donations for a specific group um, and whatnot. But I do that. Actually, my mother and I will sometimes just get in the hop in the car. I'll call her up and be like, hey, mom, let's go look at Christmas lights. And that's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Bobby Cherry runs the blog. It's christmas365.com. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us and happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you too in September. Good talking with you. <laughs> you too. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please rate us, leave us a nice review, and make sure you're subscribed to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you in soon.
does Halloween even register for you? What are you what are your plans? As as I texted you the other day, I'm in the process of hopefully buying a house. And I joked, I keep joking, saying I'm going to turn the lights out and just watch Christmas movies that night. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, like, I appreciate Halloween. I don't step on people's toes who love Halloween. But I'm a, I'm a Hallmark movie watching guy on Halloween for sure. 